Welcome to the Super Fantastic Nerd Hour. This is episode 59. We're talking Community Season 6 premiere. I am Ali Matu, and I am joined, as always, by my super fantastic and nerdy co-host, H.A. Conrad. How's it going, Conrad? Going nerdily this evening. Oh, that's always a good way for it to go. Um, Conrad, we're talking community. What's in the infinite crossover chamber today? Today in the chamber, we have community versus Arrested Development. And our question is, which is the better revival? Ooh, interesting, interesting. We've got a Yahoo reboot or revival, and we've got a Netflix revival. And we're going to be talking about top five TV schools. I got it, Conrad. This was not a top five I ever imagined we would be discussing on this show. But there you go. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting and i liked making up my list a lot so i can't wait to see what's on yours so yeah there's one probably obvious pick that i've got well, on my list i uh, think i probably have a pretty darn obvious one too so. oh yeah you do i know exactly what you're talking about i may even <laughs> have two obvious <laughs> picks so. but before we get there we have a, a long journey ahead of us a journey that takes us to a different school which is Greendale Community College of course we're talking about community and the uh, season six just premiered on Yahoo uh, they just released the first two episodes we're going to talk about that before we get to that Conrad um, you and I have alluded to community before we've talked about how um, community compares to shows like uh, Big Bang Theory we've talked about what we like about it you know what I haven't really asked you too much about is um, how you got exposed to the show and how much you've been into it um, a few of my friends watch this including you um, and recommended <laughs> it to me and I'll admit to you I am not I, I am not a consistent watcher of the show. I've definitely watched episodes here and there. I've enjoyed them, and I think that some of them are hilarious and fantastically well done, but I haven't followed this throughout its whole, you know, see, like, through every single season. Um, but that said, I think the writing is great. The characters are great. Um, there's definitely... Uh, it's very unique. It's very self-aware and super awkward as well it's to watch sometimes. Super so, self-aware, super um, awkward. And sometimes, and you know what, I'll, t I'll tell you sometimes, uh, not all the time, like I really love BBC Office and I really loved, you know, I like some of that cringe-worthy comedy sometimes, but every once in a while, I get, it just depends on my mood. I'm not as into that. I feel like... <laughs> I sometimes go get embarrassed, like contact embarrassment for the characters. So you're just it's not, a super empathetic person. Maybe, but it's, it's <laughs> something that I may. It's something that makes me not always want to watch something, and especially binge watch something. So I think Community is one of those shows for me. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it causes that cringeworthy reaction. It's not a relaxing show for me to watch. So that I tend to take it in smaller doses. I guess is the best way to put it. Well, I my journey to community uh, goes back to the premiere of the show um, just about six years ago now, I believe. Um, I, I got to admit, the reason I first got into this show back in 2009 is because it was a show about community college. I went to community college. I was not the best student in high school, and community college really is what helped me to get on track to become a psychologist. So I have a lot of love for my time at community college, and I was pretty interested at this premise. Uh, what I did not expect 
was to watch a show that was so meta and um, so self-aware and constantly winking to the audience. And oh yeah, they break the they they break that <laughs> <laughs> that and, third wall all the time. See that and, with the, yeah, yeah. Oh no, I was gonna say as you as you said, it's super meta, and the references, the pop culture references that they throw in there are so fast, rapid fire, and on point depending on what's going on, that if you go back and watch community episodes, you can almost make a little bit of a map about what's going on (laughs) in popular culture at that time because of all the references that they use, which I actually really like. I love Um, that about the show. And it's also, it it forces you to really pay attention to the show. On the surface, it seems like this kind of sitcom comedy. And it launched in an era where I think it was surrounded by 30 Rock and The Office and Parks and Rec, and it was around all these other big NBC comedies. And you think you're kind of watching the same kind of thing, but it was a little bit more, um, a little bit wittier, a little bit more requiring you to really pay attention here. And they were commenting on all aspects of pop culture, everything from Batman and the Dark Knight to action films, to mysteries, to comedies, to romances, to uh, Doctor Who and Inspector Space Time, just kind of commenting left and right. And I think this is one of the reasons why the show has cultivated such a fan following. I followed it pretty much through from there, uh, the fourth season known as sort of the dark days for communities when the creator, Dan Harmon, uh, was essentially fired from NBC. Um, and the season four was much, much weaker. He came and that's when I sort of left the show a little bit. He came back for season five, which I thought was a much stronger season. And well, that's he got everyone- he actually got into a lot of not trouble. Well, I guess he did. He got into a lot of trouble because of the way that the episodes were cutting it very close and scripts were getting, you know, sort of turned in very last minute and I guess the producers producers of the show were really unhappy about that. Yeah. So but <laughs> then realized once he left they didn't really have that much of a show. He really was the show. Yeah, he was really the heart of this uh, of the show. Um so it's interesting <laughs> that ep- they brought him back cuz it reminds me a little bit uh I mean there's been other shows like Mad Men and Walking Dead who have had showrunners um that are very in held in very high acclaim people view them as an integral part of the show and then it's just really not the same once those people leave so one of the best descriptions i've heard of season four the season without dan Harmon, um is that it felt like fan fiction like it was evoking those characters in the moments but it, it was sort of missing something and what what is missing was the was a showrunner right there uh so I, I came back for season five and i i really liked season five i thought it was a nice way to end it then announcement was made that the ratings were low the show's gonna go away and i thought okay this is a good way to end it we might not get six seasons in a movie which is what the the famous saying has been for so long but i thought this is a great way to go out and then in comes yahoo in what almost feels like a i don't know it 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 was surprising but it also felt like oh well 
course this is what would happen to this show um the show that just doesn't seem to be able to 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 die <laughs> you know that this well, show is well, so and resilient. I, I think it's also it also was skating on the edge of dying for so long as you said yeah. it's it's a show that has struggled it's been a bit of an underdog it's actually a little bit of why i liked it is because it's it's very interesting and well-written television and comedy and it's on point it's it's a lot of fun but it was always skating that edge of being canceled this is where yeah you know you were comparing it to some of the british comedies and if you look at the british office it hasn't really lasted that long and other shows we've talked about here whether it's uh sherlock or uh last week we were talking about black mirror there aren't that many episodes a lot of those big bold british television programs don't necessarily go on that long i think well no and it it was really funny you and i talked to us before how bbc office when it got taken over to the u.s i mean that that felt like that was going on forever and ever and ever oh yeah conrad and and it lacked a lot of that the sharpness um of the british one for better or worse um so that that kind of brings us brings us to the present there's been a lot of question about about what community is going to be like on Yahoo. And so where we are now is unlike another show we're going to be talking about in the Infinite Crossover Chamber, Arrested Development. This is being released um, episode one episode at a time um, each week with the exception of the, the premiere, which was two episodes at once. Uh, they are expanding the length from about 22 minutes to 26. Uh, and we're going to get about a 13-episode season. So... So um, with that, um, what did you think of the start of this new season of Community on Yahoo? Well, I'll be honest with you. Um, This is a show that in coming back for this season has lost some cast members. And I think that you can expect that to happen with a long running show. Definitely you can expect that to happen. And I also do not blame those actors. I I mean, there's been a few gigs. They all have other gigs and they do make they being such a self-aware show. They make light of this in this episode, which I actually thought was (laughs) hilarious. But it did feel, I hate to say it, but it, sound, it felt very forced to me, where before I felt like it was very natural and, and snappy and edgy, and this this felt, unfortunately to me, this felt a little bit closer to um, season four. <laughs> so, um, I, it just, it didn't feel, it felt like it dragged a lot, it, it the new characters that they're trying to introduce. And, and again, maybe I will change my mind when we see, uh, I think when a, when a show and a new cast is getting together, it takes a while to build up the rapport between different characters. So if you're swapping out half the characters, which is kind of what's happened here, not half them, but quite a few of them, they're going to have to build up that rapport again and they're going to have to build up that chemistry again, especially when you see new TV shows premiere Usually by the fifth episode, you see the cast has finally gelled. Yeah. And I think what's going on here is a little bit of that first date scenario. People are getting comfortable with each other. And maybe we'll see improvement later on. Um, it, it To me, it was a bit disappointing. It was still a lot of fun. I still like the writing. I still like the show. 
but it just some of the storylines felt a bit tired to me. And there's actually an article that you had forwarded to me um, that had been put into the Atlantic or not into the Atlantic. It was in the Atlantic. <laughs> discussing the Atlantic Ocean, kind The of. whole Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> uh, just discussing uh, why or... Does it still should, need to live? Like, should we exist. have brought this back from the dead? Yeah. And I think it's an interesting question because I think we've seen this, as you said, with a lot of American TV shows. They, they, they bring them, they get this fan base... The networks um, and the producers don't want to lose that fan base and everything that goes along with it. And so they just keep churning out episodes until it's not the thing that everybody loves so much. Yeah. And there are definitely exceptions to this. I mean, I think there are the very, the wonderful television shows that were on that were amazing, that were only appreciated after they were canceled and canceled only, you know, after one or two seasons and then. You know, people were like, oh, no, this should be revived. So we got the Veronica Mars film. We got um, Serenity after the Firefly series. And and those are a couple of examples. But they didn't notice that they didn't go on to make full TV series of those shows. Yeah. Even though there's been a lot of discussion, they decided to make them sort of end or round up, round them out with a film that was set and that would end. And mm-hmm. in this case, uh, I don't know. I could see them renewing this for another few seasons and just continue on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, um, uh, I'm going to largely agree with you. And uh, I, so I got to say my experience of watching the very first episode was a bit unusual. Um, so I was at South by Southwest this week. The wonderful... <laughs> <laughs> the, the wonderful interactive uh, film and uh, uh, music festival out in Austin. Um, my and lo- and you went to Almo Draft House. I did. Oh my goodness! Um, an amazing film going experience. Uh, probably in my top three film going experiences of all time. I cannot wait until that place opens here in New York. Uh, for those of you not familiar, uh, they serve food and drinks and it's good food and good drinks. Um, and it's a very civil human experience of going to a theater. We'll probably have to do an episode on that Conrad when it does open here in Brooklyn. Um, so I, I went to this conference. Uh, my partner, New Ann, had to go for work, and I kind of tagged along for the ride and found out that Community was having their premiere there. And uh, there was an appearance by the cast. They came out for like five minutes, said hello, showed the very first episode, and then held a community dance party after that with a awesome um, awesome cover band who were amazing. Was um, it, wait, so was it the whole cast? It was pretty much the whole cast, except for um, uh, Danny Pudi, who is play who plays Abed. Um, he was joined by like Segway plus uh, iPad screen, sort of FaceTime in, hmm. which we've seen on the on the show in a couple episodes, which I thought was hilarious that they had him in that way. Um, but Ken Jeon was there, who's my yeah. personal favorite. I love that actor. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, he was there. Gillian Jacobs, Joel McHale. Alison Brie, um, our new actors this season, and then uh, Dan Harmon was there as well, um, who made, 
I don't know if this was a joke, Conrad, but he's like uh, towards the end when he was going to go off and they were going to show the episode. He said, and so much thanks to to Google for bringing us. I mean, Yahoo for bringing us back. And it was nice. It was hilarious. <laughs> but then he's like, no, 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 guys, that wasn't supposed to be a joke. I just really messed that up. Oh, man, this is why NBC fired me. Um, it was it was pretty hilarious. Uh, so who knows if that was a joke or not? If it was, it's a brilliant one. Could but be either it, way. It's it's great either way. It, it worked. Um, so the, the cast came out for a few minutes. They went back and then they showed the episode and that was it. That, then they had a panel the next day at South by Southwest, but I, I wasn't able to, to make it to that one. Um, so, you know, I saw that very first episode, which with like a bunch of intense fans and I really enjoyed it. And it was really fun. And you're right. The, the, uh, the, the, the main soul of it was still there. Mm-hmm. And I think that the winking to the audience, the being self-referential, um, there's some really great moments where Abed is basically describing the premise of the show where it's right. a pretty <laughs> loose knit group of students and teachers, none of whom are taking a class together in school, which as of your arrival is becoming increasingly grounded by asking questions like, how do any of us get our money? When will we get our degrees? And what happened to that girl I was dating? Um, you know, Abed was going to pointing out the big existential questions of the show. Like, mm-hmm. what does it still mean? Does it still need to exist? Um, you know, it, and he later says, my umbrella concern is that you as a character represent the end of what I used to call quote our show um <laughs> he's saying this to the audience um so those aspects were all there and i had a great time all the lines were hitting they're really funny blah 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 and then i got back here yesterday and i watched that second episode and you know what it didn't really work that well for me and i th- started to think did i really enjoy that first episode just because of the context of seeing with seeing it with a ton of fans and i think you and i have both talked about that experience in the past as well like the context of seeing of uh the way in which you experience something really matters um well and come on you can't get much more exciting than that if you're really excited to see community and see it come back not only do you get to to watch it and then you get to do like, there's a dance party with the actual people from the show come on that's amazing so <laughs> and, and they were awesome they were super grateful super uh just excited to be there they all genuinely looked really um just happy uh which is so refreshing to see that and um that was cool but uh, conrad it does i had some very specific concerns that, um, you know, I really miss some of our, uh, some of our former characters here. Uh, Shirley. Yeah, Shirley is a big, that's yeah. a big loss for the show. Yvette, she was such Nicole a one. Brown. Yeah. She's off on, on another show right now. Um, and you're, as you were about to say, I think before I cut you off, she was a huge part of the show. Yeah. She was one of my favorite characters on the show. And she just had such a, I, I mean, that, that actress is just a force of nature. <laughs> she yeah. really is. And she's so much fun. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, I'm very sad that she, she's off the show. I'm very happy for her though. And, and uh, you know, you have to, I think you have to understand acting is an extraordinarily fickle profession 
And they, I don't know that there is any guarantee that this was going to come back. I think it was a bit of a surprise to a lot of people that this all happened. Yeah. And actors have to move on and do something new. And you got to work. You got to work and you got to take those opportunities. So, you know, but so but, she's off on the odd couple. We have uh, Jonathan Banks, who was introduced last season. Many of you remember him from Breaking Bad. He was a great character yeah, last he season. He was a fun character. Oh, he was. It was just so great to see his uh, like bitterness and hardness against these these other characters. He's now off on Better Call Saul. Um, and then John Oliver, who we know from previous seasons, is busy with his own show on HBO on uh, last mm-hmm. week tonight. So um, we've lost some cast members. We've gained some new ones. Um, but, you know, Conrad, it, it, it felt like uh, these first two episodes drag a bit. That's what I meant. It was just really slow moving. Yeah. And, and there were moments that I was very happy about it, but then I kept... I'm guessing one of them in particular was yes. probably Nathan Fillion's appearance in uh, the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was amazing. He's so awesome. He needs to just... There, there needs to be something in his contract where he... Where he can be in all things. Yes, all things. yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. He needs to be in all things. <laughs> He's so I'm expecting great. him to show up in the new DC Cinematic Universe, um, and like I, I'm, he needs to be in the next Star Trek and Star Wars film as well. Yeah, I again, all things that just should be his contract. Um, <laughs> no, so of course there's things like that that I thought were fantastic. I thought there were great bits of dialogue, especially the one that you had described, where they're just absolutely making total fun of themselves. Yeah, and I think that there were great things like that. But overall, it did drag. And you know what? It's a pretty short show, so for it to feel draggy, that says a lot. But it's not I, a good thing. Um, but and- again, as I said, look, I'm willing to give this a shot. I lo- I kind of like the fact that they're releasing this episode by episode. But my concern is is that it's going because of this sort of initial. I, I want to call it, it's it's a slow start in my opinion. So I think people are going to lose a lot of interest. And it's not a horrible start, but it is a slow start. And there, there was it's the sets all look good. Um, it looks like it's shot the same way. It doesn't necessarily look different from the NBC broadcast of it, but there's little things that just feel a little off, especially in the second episode. Uh, I, I felt like there was less music than there there usually is in this show. The, the show usually has some kind of fun music interludes in, in between scenes, and it just felt like there wasn't as much of that. I also felt like the, the show was missing a lot of the side characters, like Sideburns where, right. or Starburns. Um, I think that's his name. The guy with the stars for Sideburns. Yep. Anyways, I, I love that character. Like, where is he? Where, where are some of those other uh, people who kind of flesh out this larger uh, cast and this kind of ensemble. That's what made the show so much fun. Is th- and that's where I, my original thing that I liked about the show is it. It did remind me of some of the funny parts about going to community college and and one of my favorite things about community college in all seriousness is the the, the diversity of the student body. You have people there who are eighteen. And then you have people there who are in, in their 60s and 70s. And that is really cool. What happens when you mix all these people together in a classroom? Well, sometimes really interesting things can happen. Different life experiences are brought into the classroom. And and that's just really cool. That's so unique to community college. You don't really have that 
and higher ed for the most part. Um, and I liked that larger fleshed out universe. And I don't think this, uh, the first episode had a little bit more, second episode, um, a little, a bit less. So, uh, I think the, um, I was reading some reviews and, uh, they seem to be mixed from, uh, it's great to if you like the old one, you'll still watch this one and you like it. If you didn't like it, you're not going to like this new one. But one of the ones that stuck out for me kind of speaks to exactly what you said. And this is the review from Grantland, which says, uh, quote, surviving isn't quite the same thing as living. And while the community that returns is game enough and charming in all the familiar ways, it also, it also feels worn out from its many battles, be they existential, lasers, laser tag, or otherwise. Now, though, it's hard to shake the feeling that community's continued existence has taken precedence over purpose. Right. And uh, that's what I'm wondering here. I don't know if Dan Harmon knows what this new community is going to be. Um, those, again, all those beats are there. Um, does it feel the same? No. That being said, Abed was wearing my Hogwarts shirt from Threadless <laughs> in the second episode, and I thought that was pretty awesome. There you go. <laughs> and, um, and there- well, one of the points that the, the Atlantic article made was that it would be nice to see the actors, the writers of the show doing something new. Yeah. So, and maybe they are, maybe they're doing things on the side. I, and I think that with a show like this, it is possible to do some of your own things on the side, although it is, you know, it is one of those things where it's tough to schedule all of that, especially if you're trying to balance out being in films and all, all that kind of thing. And especially if you're writing for a show like this, it's an, it's an enormous task. You can't really do too many side projects. Yeah. But I I would tend to agree. It would be nice to see something new be created by these creators because they do really interesting stuff. Well, so if it, if it works here, then create another universe, you know? And I it, think that that's important too. I, as much as, as you know... Uh, nerds geeks what have you we love we love a lot of seasons we love binge watching we love care we become very attached to characters they become like family to us and we want to see what happens to them and we become involved with their storyline so that's part of why you have cult followings but i also think as you said (laughs) there is a difference between living and dying and there is something Really upsetting when you see a show that you've loved so much I take this downward spiral into mediocrity. And one of the things that I love about this show is that it is so validating to what it means to be a geek. And we see that with many of these characters and and why they love certain franchises, whether it's Inspector Space Time or any of the other uh, random stuff that they mention on the show. You really get the sense that the writers get it. And you get the sense that the actors get it, and it's deeply validating. Um, and if they are able to maintain that spirit of the show and go in some new directions now that they're on Yahoo, this could be really interesting. And I think it is too early to tell here. Um, at the same time, and, and you know, we compare that against shows like again, we this 
comparison keeps coming up with Big Bang Theory, which has maintained a very specific formula and has uh, continued in that formula throughout its run. Uh, and they just keep churning out episodes. Exactly. And that's and community is not that show. Community does try to evolve with time and as you said, map on to what's happening in pop culture. Wait, wait, uh, are you are you saying that that these kinds of shows are sort of like the law and order of geeky shows? <laughs> where I'm you saying, can just you could just keep churning churning out episodes. Nobody really needs to follow the storyline because it's so formulaic. I would say A that, little bit. I would say that definitely of Big Bang and to a degree, probably with community. Yeah, it doesn't really matter too much where you tune in. I mean, you might be confused like one day tuning in and saying, where's Chevy Chase? I don't understand. Um, that could be a little strange, especially in Senior Chang's character. He's gone through quite a journey. That might be a little confusing yes. as well. But um you know, I don't know. There's, they have some interesting things lined up, and we we get to see Britta's parents in season two, and that's a new arc to this character. Um, so, and and there's other nods too of how it's changed. We see uh, Britta try to do uh, the the handshake with Abed, and uh, that he used to do uh, previously with Troy, uh, and it just doesn't work. And again, they're they're winking and nodding at the audience here about about these differences. So I think it's yet to be determined if this is working or not. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, Conrad, was your experience of watching it. This is Yahoo is a bit of a newcomer here, and it seems like nowadays any internet company can uh, become a producer of a, of a television program. Um, you know, Netflix has sort of refined its formula of how it presents content, as has Amazon um, and HBO Go and now HBO now, but what was your experience just technically watching this? Um, so I actually was going to bring that up. Uh, because I'm guessing it was not good then. <laughs> it was, well, no, it wasn't bad, but it's sort of like the window that they have you watch it and you have to do a lot of adjustments so you don't have all the Yahoo junk kind of in your way. Sure. And I could see how that would be frustrating for some people. Um, other than that, I mean, it wasn't, it's, it's fine to navigate. It is a little bit clunky, the interface, though. Did you rewatch it here? I watched, is that well, what you said? Yeah. They only showed that first episode. Um, and then the second episode I, I saw here, um, the one with the uh, the virtual reality and kind of commenting on Lawnmower Man and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, you must have noticed the player. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's not it's not that good. And no. what what happened to me at one point is I was about halfway through episode two and it went into commercials. I watched the whole set of commercials and then it switched to episode one, um, just in the middle of that, and it started playing from the beginning of episode one. Oh, and I actually interesting because when I first started watching episode one, I started watching it. It jumped forward probably five minutes or so Ooh. after an ad and I was just really confused I thought oh that's a little strange and then all I could do was start it back from the beginning oh, because no. I couldn't I couldn't get back to the place that I was so definitely there's some technical issues to work did on it, here did it force you to rewatch those ads at the beginning oh yes it did yeah see that's what's frustrating to me is um I, I think I, I think want... it's I think it's um 
there must be some bug or glitch in their their ad piece where it's flipping you around it's not taking you to where you need to go Oh, it, there absolutely is and and i'm gonna forgive them a little bit this week since it's their first big release and i want the actors to get paid i want the writers the producers everyone to get paid i want yahoo to to earn their their revenue back in advertising but don't show me ads twice because of a mistake you know what i mean like yep. that that you can't do um, Ars Technica was uh, was complaining about this in their review, and they said that their um, the app, if you download it, it doesn't really take into account what your speed is. So it, it was forcing them to play it at the highest resolution possible, which when their their speed sort of uh, was turned down, uh, it would pause. And at one point, they had to have it load for five minutes before it was able to proceed instead of downgrading to a lower bad bandwidth signal, which is something Yahoo does, which is something, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, uh, YouTube does that automatically. Netflix does that automatically. We've all experienced the times where you're watching a video and it kind of goes down in quality a little bit, but it allows you to continue watching. Um, Yahoo was not doing that. So I think they've got some tech problems here to figure out, which kind of parallels with the story of community. They have to kind of figure out what's going to happen and how to make the show work. Um, I, well, I I'll, hope- tell, I'll tell you what's working for me right now. The milkshake Bill Wadman just brought me. Oh, that'll always, that'll always work, Conrad. So uh, I was jealous of your milkshake at the Alamo. And- that's what I got at the Alamo. Yeah, I got a milkshake and it was uh, delicious. It was a espresso milkshake, which is exactly mm. what I needed. Um, and maybe we need a, a, a transition here, Conrad. Um, I don't know if there's much more to say except uh, stay tuned. This is There was nothing here that made me want to stop watching. I will continue watching. I am hopeful, but I, I really hope it doesn't r- run ad, fini- ad infinitum. I think six seasons in movie, let's do it and then let's wrap it up. Because here's the thing. You and I talked about our reboots, relaunches, and re and prequels episode mm-hmm. back in the teens, uh, back in the teens of Nerd Hour. Uh, and one of the things we talked about in that episode was these big franchises that have big ideas, like Star Trek, uh, like Doctor Who, um, where the ideas are sort of bigger than the individual actors and characters. Mm-hmm. Those do need to be rebooted, relaunched, like Battlestar Galactica and all of that. Um, Community, I do not think, is one of those shows because it's so tied into these individual characters, their relationship, the actors. Uh, I'm sure some people will probably respond by saying, Ali, that's exactly what they said about Star Trek, the original series. But I don't think there's a larger idea here beyond what we saw in season one, two, and three. And I think it's all tied into the characters and uh, Dan Harmon. Um, you yeah, mess with that too much. You know, it's kind of like at what point after changing all the pieces here, does it stop being community? And I think we're going to find out this season. Agreed. Sorry for the milkshake interlude. <laughs> hey, man, when, uh, when you get a milkshake, there's no way around it. What, what flavor are you enjoying, Conrad? I think it might be just chocolate. It's delicious, whatever it is. Nice, nice. I discovered while I was in Austin that they opened a In-N-Out Burger there. I know. Favorite. It's my favorite. I know. Uh, I really want one to open in New York. It's probably not going to happen. 
Uh, well, because it's it's about um, their rules about how far they need to be. Yep, they, from they, their suppliers. So yep. it's, but yep. In and Out Burger, I heart you. <laughs> oh, and they have the greatest milkshakes. Anyone out there? Um, I recommend a Neapolitan, but not going full way Neapolitan. So there's this whole In and Out secret menu, and I like getting mm-hmm. vanilla and strawberry in my milkshake, and it's nice. delicious. Yeah, but with that, Conrad, how about you and I venture into the infinite crossover chamber? Nice. So what do we have in the crossover today? We have. Sorry, I could do that all day. I love that theme song. We have Arrested Development versus Community. And what question do we have in the crossover chamber, Conrad? The question is, well, it's an interesting question, and I don't know if I have an answer to this. <laughs> I uh, don't know either. Which is the better revival? Yeah. Uh, and, and I think we were already trying to address it in our discussion, which is, <laughs> should we revive? <laughs> so, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so we, we've talked a lot about community, but going back and uh, getting up to speed on Arrested Development here. So Arrested Development, much like other uh, really creative programming that premiered on Fox, this was canceled after three seasons. Um, an interesting part of this story is that Arrested Development didn't really get that big while it was airing on TV. That's one difference between Arrested Development. No, no, it actually got really big. And a huge cult following, which is what actually a lot of these television shows that have been canceled after a couple of seasons, their cult following happens later. And it happened in this one. Arrested Development, though, specifically happened in the age of Netflix. Absolutely. And it was both um, Netflix uh, DVD and mm-hmm. um, Netflix streaming once once it came online there. That's, that's actually how I first was... Um, that's how I first watched it was with Netflix DVD. Yeah, me too. My roommates in grad school, uh, uh, Lone Baumgarten being one of them, who is joining us next week on Nerd Hour, uh, he introduced me to the show. And it was ridiculously hilarious. Just the story of this family who um, was, you know, the father of this family was so corrupt and did all this shady stuff. Um uh, incredibly funny. Great well, and it's cast. and it's and it's a totally dysfunctional, weird family. <laughs> Their interactions are super awkward. I really, I lo- I just fell in love with this show. Yeah, I mean, from Jeffrey Tambor, who plays George Booth Sr., to Jason Bateman, who plays Michael Booth, Will Arnett, who plays Gob, uh, Michael Sarah in the role that kind of uh, got him big, Jessica Walter, you, Lucille Bluth. You mean Michael Sarah as Michael Sarah? As Michael Sarah? <laughs> yeah, 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 basically. Um, we had a fantastic cast here. Um, it really who worked well together. Um, so it, it was it was a fantastic show while it lasted. And uh, it was canceled and got this cult following. So it's interesting where things get us to the present is Netflix looked at the numbers 
and said, wow, a lot of people really like Arrested Development. Um, they, they have fantastic analytics about what DVDs are popular and what streaming shows are popular. And they said, what if we bring them back? What if we do a fourth season? And what's a bit unheard of here is season one, two, and three, 2003, four, and five, and six – and then in 2013, in 2013, <laughs> like came years four, later, years later, which they mentioned in that first episode of, of Netflix is kind of catching up to speed and what's been going on. And one of my favorite things about that is what Lowen Baumgarten, friend of the show, has to say is uh, Arrested Development completely predicted the economic collapse and the causes behind it, the ex- rapid expansion of the re- uh, real estate industry, which I think is super funny. But um yeah, um, um, were you a fan of Arrested Development, Conrad? Oh, I definitely was. I, I, I still, it is one of those shows that from time to time, the undertones, especially those related to to incest and things like that, make me super, <laughs> super uncomfortable. And so it was a show that I would, from time to time, find hard time watching, like binge watching. And I'd come back to it because it is so good. And I really do. It is hilarious. It's it's a fun show to watch, and it's you know you find yourself just laughing out loud, and these characters a lot, a lot. Yeah, no, a lot, and you know Jason Bateman, come on. Yeah, he's, he's great. really he's really fantastic, and David Cross, who plays Tobias, uh, is probably my favorite. David uh, Cross, I mean, you really, honestly, the whole cast is really incredible, and of course Will Arnett, I can't forget him. Um, and <laughs> illusionist it's, Michael, yes. <laughs> And, you know, it's it's a show that Ron Howard is the executive producer. And so and narrator. narrator, And so you'd have like Henry Winkler coming on and it just coming onto the show. I really just loved the show. And so I'll tell you, when I first heard that Netflix was doing that fourth season, I was so worried about it. I was like, how do you do a show like this almost a decade after? And this was the first type of revival like this. And this was Netflix's first original programming, really. First big original programming. Yeah. and So a so, lot of uncertainty here. Well, not that much from their perspective because they felt like they had a built-in audience. Um, so I will confess to you, I really have not watched much beyond the first couple of episodes of season four because I just couldn't, I couldn't get through it. So, well, you know that's that's okay because I didn't watch past uh, episode seven. I right. got through the first seven, and so I'm taking a wild guess here. I'm going out on a wild limb, um, and I'm guessing that uh, the revival didn't work for you. It didn't work for me, and uh, I'll tell you, I had similar feelings to the ones that I had while watching Community, although Arrested Development is a show I followed more closely. I definitely watched the the season, all three seasons, and so I knew knew the show a little bit better, Um, but... It, it definitely, I, I don't want to say it broke my heart a little bit, but it kind of did. And what I was thinking while watching the, these episodes was that maybe if they had just done sort of a movie to bookend it, to sort mm-hmm. of wrap mm-hmm. it up or to be kind of silly and have a reunion and an excuse for them to be all on the same stage again together, maybe that would have been better. But 
I also don't feel like I can speak too much about it since I didn't actually finish watching this four season. So you're saying it probably didn't get better, but we, we both <laughs> have not finished watching the season. So I don't know that I can really judge it with, you know, speak to it and say, yes, I, I can totally say all this definitively or I have this opinion because I just I was just sad. I was sad after the first couple of episodes and I just never picked it up again. Well, not, and it was I don't want to say it was like. It's not unwatchable. It's not unwatchable. But it's a different show, Conrad. What, I but mean, it, what is, happened, it, is, it is a totally different show. So the, then, well, What you and I were talking about, why this show works is the, of the family, the ensemble. Yes, seeing yes. these characters together. The biggest change that happened here is they weren't able to schedule everyone to be together at the same time. So they right. made a very different perspective uh, or they brought a different narrative to the show where all these episodes roughly occur at the same time but each episode is giving you the perspective of a different character right. in this show but it and, felt forced and it felt like they were i don't want to say it felt like they were tricking the audience but it did feel like a trick and so well, it's, it felt cheap to me not, yeah not no no not like I was being cheated, but it felt like they didn't have as much money and they kind of went for this other perspective that completely broke what made this show work, which is the ensemble. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so so I think that this crossover is pretty hard for me to answer. It's brutally hard for me to answer. Because I, I honestly think that my answer to our question is neither. <laughs> I don't think mm -hmm. either is the better revival. And I do think that perhaps they should have let sleeping dogs lie. And, and you know, there is something to be said for a show going out on top. Maybe, maybe the reason some of these shows that we love so dearly, like Firefly and Veronica Mars and Freaks and Geeks and... Um, undeclared are because they they did end they ended after one or two seasons and they never had time to get bad there was never there was never that death knell <laughs> so I I guess that's where I I come out with these two shows um, but I would you know maybe I would love to hear what other people have to say about it what maybe, maybe I, I am being too judgmental but that's I, sort of what I'm feeling right now. So I, I think so. My quick answer here is I think community wins this because while while I am um, cautious about this renewal of community, I don't think the soul is broken as much as it was with Arrested Development. It was pr pretty clear from the get go that um, after after the same amount of episodes for Arrested Development, the revival compared to what we have here with the revival of Community, that we were dealing with a very different feeling of a show. Um, so I think Community is still the the nuts and bolts and the soul and the all of that. It's still there. Um, I think the soul was broken in Arrested Development, and I tried. I tried so hard, Conrad, and I, I like the Tobias. There was episode. no soul; it was possessed. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> now we're getting into reanimated territory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it just uh, Arrested Development did not work for me, and it, it really made me sad. I, I couldn't bear to finish it. Um, so that that being said, I think the more interesting 
discussion probably for us to have is, you know, if you say neither and I'm saying community, then it's like, okay, whoop to do who won? But I think the interesting idea is I never finished it because, one, it made me sad. And number two, there's so much other stuff to watch. And what is it about this time in this era where things are brought back, is it Hollywood getting lazy? Is it our ability as an audience to be able to, you know, kickstart Veronica Mars? Um, is it, uh, what is it? Because it seems like anything can come back now. And it seems like. Hey, we all know when things come back, they come back as zombies. That's true. That's just oh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say no, though, how, I, do we, how do we understand Star Trek then in that? How do we understand um, things that have okay, come back? This is this is my thought about Star Trek. And look, you, I think you might be able to Tread do carefully this carefully here, Conrad. No, I think you might be able to do this with with shows like Firefly. I think when you have an idea for a show like Star Trek that is so. It's so powerful and there's so much creativity and imagination behind it and you can you can still have it in the same universe but you can switch different you know you can switch to different ships to different planets um you know I think that you're playing in the same sandbox but the the characters are different right but I think you also in that you also need to have the right people that are caretaking that idea uh now you're kind of speaking to this makes me think of doctor who and star wars uh, right doctor and who that is that is what fresh. i am thinking of because doctor who came back and i generally and overall i'm very happy with what they did with it but it's it's come back multiple times with different producers different writers different actors it's been refreshed and what we're seeing now with star star wars is a fascinating example here mm. and again we, we talked about this in our reboots relaunches and 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 that episode but star wars is a sh- is a film series that made a big shift a paradigm shift in how we saw cinema and then we saw the prequels which have been many times been criticized for uh, George Lucas having too much control there and now we're seeing a whole new vision with a brand new production crew a J.J. Abrams directed film that people are very excited about and what was announced last week is Star Wars Rogue One which is going to be the title of the new spin-off which is probably going to focus on something very different and kind of a different corner of Star Wars, one that might be vaguely familiar, but a story that we haven't seen before. Is it going to be a Wookiee planet and they celebrate a holiday called Life Day? Uh, if it's on Keshuk and it's it's uh, a re- <laughs> rebooting and relaunching of the holiday special, Conrad, I am right on board with that one. I think I'm, that are one. you? I am kind of surprised <laughs> that no one has done. A new holiday special. I am not surprised. George Lucas is like wants to burn all copies of that, like the Star or like the Atari ET game, and have them yeah, buried out in some dumpster. That's never going to go away for him ever. That has no. a life of its own, no. and it's now all over YouTube. So, yeah, it's all uh, it's all uh, kind of like uh, that blog post you write, and uh, you wish uh, it uh, never appeared over there. Uh, it's kind of like that. <laughs> That's my George Lucas impression for you. Um, I told you about the, when I was a little kid, I thought I had imagined that because I watched it when I was so. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I watched it when I was so young. So when I was playing on the, the playground 
with some of my friends, I would start trying to talk about the Wookiee planet and how weird it was that they, you know, they just kind of like, like howl. And yeah. my friends were like, what are you talking about? And I'd be like, you know, when, you know, there was like that, that life day thing. And so I really, as I grew up, thought I had in some way made that up. And I was at a conference, um, like a horror convention at one point, somebody was selling bootleg tapes of it. And I was, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is real. I didn't make this up in my crazy little head, which it's, you know, it would have been entirely possible. And so I brought it home for the holidays and forced my entire family to watch it. Um, and I was asking my mom, how, how on earth did you sit through this? And she said, I think I opened a bottle of wine Um, (laughs) because she just, she was like, but you guys loved it so much. So I had, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't hate it, which is really cute. Well, but I think that's, that's a, it's interesting that you bring up the holiday special because the, it was, it was quickly done. The quality control of it was pretty poor, but here's the thing of it. Uh, here's the thing about it is you enjoyed it as a kid and I'm sure a lot of kids do well, as and like a two year old <laughs> as a, well. Yeah. Yeah. As, as a or young child, was. um, as a young child, you, you enjoyed it. And for some, it still brings back nostalgic joy. And for some, they just kind of laugh at it. Um, I doubt it'll be shown at star but, Wars. But celebration isn't this an example, but isn't this an example exactly. of what we're talking about here? Exactly. And that's a revival here. And it was one of those things where it's just like, well, let's just, let's just, everybody likes Star Wars, let's just do this thing and we'll just not care about it or we'll just put it together as quickly as possible. And it's terrible. So it's, you know, so I think that that has something to do with it. I think Star Trek basically had, well, it had a lot of, it had its creators, it had Gene Roddenberry, um, but it also... Even even without him, it had a lot of caretakers along the way, and same thing with Doctor Who, and well, and, 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 and now about, and now same thing with Star Wars. Hopefully, yeah. And I will say with with Star Trek, if you look at the next generation, the first two, the first season in particular, it is a little bit too original series, um, and it it. it really begins to come to its own when there's a bit more uh, new blood brought into the writing team in in season two and and moving on from there. So I I guess this is, we we have seen this throughout time that uh, tried and true brands come back, uh, franchises come back. And while community and Arrested Development aren't franchises, they were shows with a very strong uh, uh, diehard audience and uh, they were brought back and perhaps they shouldn't have been. Um, this is the other thing Other thing here, Conrad, is, uh, you know, cult followings are great, um, but oftentimes they don't necessarily translate to, uh, to commercial success. And I'm thinking about stuff like Scott Pilgrim. The film was awesome, mm-hmm. had a massive cult following, didn't really do that well in the box office. And as much of a falling as community has had and as diehard the fandom has been, uh, it never really had the kind of ratings it needed right. to survive on NBC. Um, so I don't know. Interesting stuff. And I guess I'm going to put in another plug for a reboot, a relaunch episode, because this is all that stuff that we talk about in that one. Right. Um, 
So, well, dear listeners, let us what you think about uh, Arrested Development versus Community. What was a better revival? Conrad says, none of the above. And uh, Ali is saying, uh, advantage Community. You're just trying to be nice. No, I honestly do think, (laughs) I I mean, I'm a nice guy. But um, I honestly do think that the soul was still there where I felt like the soul in Arrested Development was gone. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, well, are you ready to talk about leave the crossover chamber and talk yeah, about our top five? Let's get the heck out of there, Conrad. Um, moving on to the our crossover top five. chamber was inclement today. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, I, I wasn't happy with this chamber uh, just because the results have made me sad. Aww. So, but maybe community shall improve. Now you believe in community. So, um, with that, let's talk about our top five. Um, what's in our top five today, Conrad? Well, our top five is actually kind of fun, and we are listing our top five schools in television. So, schools that are on television series. Top five schools. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, what was your criteria? How did you go about making this list? You know, when I when we first talked about this, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. And then I started making the list and then I had to <laughs> narrow it down because I realized that apparently I like a lot of high school dramas or sci-fi high schools or there it's just featured an awful lot, which makes sense if you think about the target audience for a lot of things. Yeah, so sure. it's a, it's a common setting that you see and you know, um, at the, when I was in high school, I didn't really like it very much. So, so it's interesting that I like so many televisions, <laughs> television shows that feature high schools. But hey, I get I guess I'm still working things out, perhaps. <laughs> well, I kind of went about it in a similar way. I just kind of thought about um, the the schools that I did wish I could have attended for one reason or another and were featured on television. If it was film, I would have a very different sort of one, two, and three. But I was thinking about schools that I remember from TV shows. Oh, I still never want to attend any of these schools. Oh, really? No. (laughs) I definitely want it. I've never been somebody that wants to go back and do that or relive that. Um, but I guess maybe part of the reason I like it is because these are fictional schools. <laughs> so well, admittedly, they- admittedly, if there are finals or, or tests or there's different things that go on, like the normal teenage drama stuff or college drama stuff, sometimes I get a little stressed out depending on what it is that they're talking about. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's not ever a universe I really want to be in, except maybe one, maybe one high school I want to be in. All right. Well, let's hear it. Why didn't you lead the way, Conrad? What's your number five? All right. My number five is going to be, um, uh, Neptune High in Veronica Mars. Uh, of course. Of course. Which I figured you would guess I would pick. Yeah. Um, it's, now, it's, why a teen- is it on there? Well, come on. I love Veronica Mars. Of course I love it. Um, it's it's an interesting TV show. It was very edgy for what it did. You and I have talked about a lot of the things surrounding Veronica Mars when we discussed the the movie, which is you know part of what brought it to mind was what we were discussing today in the idea of reboots and things like that. Um, so that is why it's on my list. But um, I, I liked how they didn't skirt around a lot of issues on uh, in the writing of the show. So that is why it's my number five. Cool. 
Uh, my number five is a little bit different, and it is Bayside High from Saved by the Bell. Uh, okay, this is on my honorable mention. And did you see the reunion? I hope you saw the reunion recently. The reunion's great. The it's reunion's really cute. fantastic. That was on Tonight Show with uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon, right? A yep. few weeks ago. Uh, the reunion was fun. And, and they the all look I, great. They all look so they, good. Oh my gosh. It's like, wow, they haven't even aged today. So the thing with Bayside High, I genuinely did wish I attended it when I was a kid. Um, this, it, The show was on air right at the right time for me where, um, you know, those corny messages at the end and how everything comes together and in that lovely early nineties way that really worked for me at the age I was back then. And I wanted to be Zach and I wanted to date Kelly or Lisa. Did you want Zach's hair? I totally, Oh my gosh. My buddy, Jamie, Tran and I were big Saved by the Bell fans and he to this day still makes fun of me because I so wanted his hair so badly. I also wanted his sweaters back then, but I no longer want his sweaters. But I feel like I still want his hair now. I think I'm always living in the the shadow of of Zach's hair. Um, I also wanted his cell phone. And I just wanted to be at that school because it seemed like such a fun place to be, even though the nerds were sober made fun of. Um, But I wanted to be a part of that group. And uh, just uh, really loved that show. And I, I, I think I mentioned this on a previous episode that uh, I don't think the show holds up as well, but I've got a lot of nostalgic love and joy for it. Cool. What, so is, that's your, what is your number, number four? four? My number four is Smallville High. Ah, uh, that's uh, okay. So I put that in my honorable mentions. But yes, that's awesome. We're on the same wavelength a little bit here. Now, uh, don't get me wrong. That is a scary place to be. There are constant monsters of the week. You know, everyone's touched kryptonite in some way, and it turns them into this horrible being. But um, how cool would it be to go to school with Clark Kent? And boy, did I have a crush on Lana Lang. So those two things, uh, yeah, I want to go to Smallville High. Um, I think it would be hey, weird. plus you could gain some superpowers or something. Yeah, maybe I'll get like, you know, the power to um, actually be able to read books or <laughs> I don't know. That would probably, that would not be my power. I don't know what my superpower would be. Um, I, I would like to read minds. I've always mentioned that, that that's my uh, I would love to have that superpower, but um, maybe, yeah, I'd probably have that. Anyways, uh, I think that would be a fun place to go. Scary, but fun place to be. And uh, I, I'd like to imagine and believe that Clark would be friends with me because I think we're both kind of nice guys. Oh, that, I, I think it, I could probably agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, one can only hope. I don't know how well I do in rural Kansas, but um, it would be okay if if Clark was my bud. Yeah, you want you still want to be friends with Clark? I do because I hope he could connect me with Lana. Hmm. <laughs> Conrad, what's your number four? Um, my number four, I don't know if you ever heard of it, uh, but there was a television show that was produced in Canada um, called Degrassi. Uh, oh, the kids in Degrassi Street? Was that? Well, that it's show? called, it's called like, um, it's, it's, there's Degrassi, uh, Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi Next Generation. And so this, I, so this I was I watched sh- one of these. I'm not sure which one. 
Um, the one that I, well, the thing was, is that this was on like in the eighties and this was a show that I, I feel like I must've watched this with my sister. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was produced in Canada. So I think that's maybe, I don't think everybody in the U S saw this. Um, I definitely know that people in New England saw this because a friend of mine also, when we were talking about it, other people that were around us had no idea what we were talking about. <laughs> um, so it was. That's like then, the opposite of what happened to you in Life Day. Yeah, indeed. Um, so it was. It was in like late '80s, early '90s. They and it was definitely like a, a teen soap opera drama. Um, and then they rebooted this in like in the 2000s, and had brought back a couple of the characters as adults. Um, and so they were sort of like, there was some continuity and then they were able to reboot the show and they did it in a pretty good way. Um, I didn't last very long watching it, but I did enjoy a little bit of the reboot cause I, it was, it was definitely a bit nostalgic. Um, so I, I threw this in there just because it's one of the first things that leaped into my mind when we were talking about high schools on TV. Good pick. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll have to revisit that and see which one I watch because I completely <laughs> remember watching it, something called Degrassi. It is pretty cheesy and it is, you know, it's, I think you, I think it's one of those shows you have to watch when you're homesick with the flu or something. Okay. <laughs> because you're, you won't be able to move and turn it off or something. I don't know. But it's, you know, I, I do remember watching this with my sister and being very excited to watch it with her and so I had to add it in there for that reason. It's it's like those times when you're watching something on Netflix and you just kinda let it autoplay it in the next episode and <laughs> after a few Netflix asks you, Hey, you still there? You when still it's alive? So, when it pauses and it's like you need <laughs> yeah. to press play and you're yeah. like, I've been watching T V way too long. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. It's like those times when you play the Nintendo Wii and it says, Hey, and there's an open window. It's like, why not go outside and get some fresh air? And you're like, no, more Mario, please. Um, my number three is a place that I I wanted to be and live in when I was a kid. Maybe not so much anymore because crazy stuff happens there. But it's Springfield Elementary School nice. uh, from The Simpsons. Uh, I mean, this is a cool world. This, uh, like, look, let's let's put this out there. This show is still running. This show has. 20 something episodes or I'm sorry 20 something seasons the show's been running for a very long time like I remember watching the show in elementary school so um I always love this character these characters I love the world um I thought the it was just a really interesting visually funny cool place to be and as adult I've gone back and re-experienced some of these episodes and realized how funny and witty they are. Uh, and we were talking about this recently on our Remembering Leonard Nimoy episode about his appearances on the show and how hilarious they were. Um, just a great show. And while I would never want to go to the school now, um, I really thought it was pretty cool back then. Nice. Yeah. Um, my number three is this one's a big this is a doozy Ooh. um this particular high school was featured in three of my favorite shows of all time what yep it is william mckinley high and that is the name of the high school in freaks and geeks wonder years and glee 
I never made those connections. Um, and part of that is because that is the only name that could be vetted because it's not an actual, I don't know, that they, they were allowed to use or something like that. Um, I, I, heard, I saw some explanation about it at some point. Um, but yes, that is that is true. And so... As you know, I'm a huge fan of Freaks and Geeks. It was one of those shows that was not on for very long, but launched a lot of careers. And interestingly enough, uh, uh, Judd Apatow did also did Undeclared, which was also canceled after a season, and that takes place in a college. Um, but Freaks and Geeks was definitely one of my favorites. Uh, Wonder Years, I really... I remember watching that show and there was just so many things going on that show that they addressed. And at the time, it's I was, amazing, amazing show. Yeah, it's an amazing show. And there's so many family dynamics and the, the, the different stages in life that Kevin is going through in that show. Yeah. It's so, and some of it is so painful. Some of it's beautiful. And it was really just such a beautiful show. And so I had to I had to add the, that to this list. Glee, well, Glee was just fun for for the first couple of seasons. But yeah, I will say Glee was um, Glee was a great show the first couple of seasons, and then it sort of becomes its own machine right. that's just perpetuating itself. Uh, but apparently, I was reading an article today about why Glee still matters, and people talking about how progressive it is in terms of LGBT characters and the representation it has. Uh, but those are those are. I had no idea William McKinley High was in more than one show because uh, they are so far apart in years mm-hmm. uh, and when they aired. So that's a ah. great pick, Conrad. So, um, so Judd Apatow said. We um, in a quote that we chose it because it was the only president's name which was legally clearable. Uh-huh. He said we didn't use we didn't realize it was used on the Wonder Years. I assume they used it for the same reason. <laughs> so and then I guess gleased. <laughs> I don't know. I think it would be funny if they were all referenced or if you know Freaks and Geeks was referenced. What if it was Wonder all the same high school? Be- well, and then when when I was thinking about this, I was really liking the idea of crossovers between the different shows. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. What would Kevin Arnold do if there was some sort of medley that happened? Some Broadway medley going down the hall. It would be pretty fun. So anyway. Well, he would have to meet the challenge by by singing. Um, Good choice. Good choice. My number two is a doozy. Um, And I'll just put it right out there. Shouldn't be a surprise to anyone, but it's going to be Xavier School for the Gifted (gasps) Youngsters. That is my number two. Boom. That is, ladies and gentlemen, what we call a mind meld. Um, Absolutely. I'm I'm assuming you're talking about the animated series, right? Absolutely. I'm talking about the animated. Yeah, not X Factor or whatever that Fox TV show was. Because that Uh, that would really upset me if that's where you're going. No, no, no. Not at all. This is definitely X-Men the Animated Series. And again, this gets back to what I thought about Bayside High and Smallville High. I wanted to be at the school. I wanted Professor X to be my teacher. I wanted to go to school with Jubilee. I wanted to You wanted uh, to, to go to school team. with Jubilee? Hmm. Well, no, I was always a Psylocke guy. Uh, <laughs> not, not gonna lie, I had a little bit of a crush on Psylocke. Um, this has become Ali's crushes uh, top five. Um, gosh, everyone but uh, Springfield Elementary, which would just be weird. Uh, 
but no, absolutely. I wanted to to be there, and that was really from X Men, the animated series. I mean, how what, cool wait, is it? What did you want your power to be? Reading minds, I know, but well, reading minds. If I couldn't have that, I, I honestly think Wolverine's power of healing is so cool and so useful. Um, Plus, he has all... great hair. <laughs> he's got well, he's got interesting hair. Uh... <laughs> You liked Zach Morse's hair. I don't think you... Beggars can't be choosers here. Zach Morse's hair is a little bit more of a parallel to Cyclops's hair, I think. I guess. So. Um, but what was it for you? Uh, why did you pick this as your number two? Uh, well, this... Uh, the animated series was very important to me. I loved it. Uh, I loved the comic books, as you know. And this was such a part of, of me growing up... Um, and the idea of being at a school like this or or just, you know, the idea of being at a school with people with super cool powers, X-Men is all about outcasts. And I think that that's how a lot of people feel in high school. I certainly did. Yeah. And yeah. so it seemed like a safe haven. And I think that that's, I identified a lot with that. So, and plus mutants. Yay. Yeah. And I mean, I was a little bit younger than you when this, when this was, on air and to me it was just so much cooler than my current school and I was like oh my gosh I wish I could be there your current uh, school it's cooler than all schools that's true that is true. it really is so <laughs> oh man that would be Some, such a someday cool we're gonna find find we you and I will we'll found a school for the gifted mutants and it'll be great <laughs> that would be awesome um number one Conrad I'm gonna let you take it away Oh, I think it is no surprise to you that my number one is Perhaps Sunnydale it's from High a School. Show called Buff from Buffy. The <laughs> it might be. It might be. Yep, 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 um, yep. And this is the other school. I, I mentioned too that I might want to attend, but this was the other school. Um, you know, there's Remind also. Remind me of the name again. What was the name? It's from- Sunnydale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it sits on the Hellmouth. Um, but yeah, this is where where Buffy and her intrepid gang chase down weird things and sit in the library and snack a lot. So <laughs> it was, you know, and I think one of the reasons why I loved the, I loved the show overall, but I really loved the aspect of the schools that they're always hiding out in the library, which is something that I always used to do. Their library was so much cooler than mine though. So, <laughs> you know, I forgot to say, um, on our number two, um, sorry, I'm totally just running into your That's number okay. one right here. But uh, you sent me the video uh, when it broke on the internet of uh, the oh the Wes Anderson <laughs> yeah, X Men, yeah. which was it, you know what it was a little too close for comfort, if that makes sense. It was because so it was it was right a on. little too spot on. But there's oh. a moment where the, where uh, the recruit is like, wait. Um, there's some line about wait, don't you realize we're a paramilitary group of of renegades fighting, you know, blah blah blah, and that line is just just amazing. We'll put it in uh, in the show notes, but I'm I'm sorry, Conrad, I just no had to no, point that's that okay. Out. But yeah. yeah, mine's Sunnydale. What is your number one? Well, you, any idea what my number one is? Um, I thought I did. I thought I actually thought it was going to be your number two. Oh, Xavier's? Yeah. Um, you See, I'm going to say it, and then you're going to be like, oh, oh, yeah, of course. Um, but my number one pick is Starfleet Academy. Oh, I guess that makes sense. I didn't, because it's not something that's as featured. Yeah. 
I didn't I didn't think that you would put it into your into the top five. I thought you were going to make that an honorable mention, but I guess I should have known better. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there are episodes that feature Starfleet Academy. It's not in, at all the main set, but it is a big part of the storyline, especially for Star Trek: The Next Generation. Um, so there is no other place I wish I could be than Starfleet Academy, and it was a great point of pride, Conrad, a, a feather in my cap, if you will, that I lived miles away from Starfleet headquarters and Starfleet Academy. Uh, I grew up right outside of San Francisco, California, where Starfleet Academy is based. And that was always something I was so incredibly proud of growing up. And I wanted... I I think you have every right to be proud of that. (laughs) Yeah, I do. Uh, Awesome, awesome place. Um, I so wanted to be there and to be a part of that world. And I think one, one I remember one time um, going to San Francisco with uh, my mom and dad, my whole family, I think. I think my brother was there too. And then asking my parents, where can we go visit Starfleet Academy? And then my dad was like, um, yeah, I don't know where that is. And I think he was kind of like playing it off. But um, yeah, I've always always wanted to be there. So that that's my number one. Um, nice. In, any honorable mentions for you, Connor? Uh, I mentioned Smallville High. I also mentioned, I was going to mention uh, Uni, which was featured in Felicity, J.J. Abrams. My first exposure, I think, to J.J. Abrams. Yep, yep. Um, and... I think that that oh, and I, I also threw in uh, Chilton Academy, and uh, stars Hollow High or Star Hollow High from Gilmore uh, Girls. Well, you know what? I had never really watched this. Bill has b- convinced me that I should. We have been binge watching it. So wait, you're you're binge watching Gilmore Girls now? You've never seen it before? I saw episodes here and there, like I, as similar to Community. I didn't watch it all the way through. So, um, oh and gosh, I watched, I love Gilmore Girls, you know, and that? I definitely watched more episodes in probably like the first three seasons and then yeah, I yeah. just fell off that. So, so I, it's on Netflix and so we have been watching that. Um, I've also been watching, I realized after our show about, uh, anthology series or a top five about anthology series, almost all of those are up on Netflix. Yeah. Always. They're all, so, they're all up there. Yeah. So amazing stories is up there and it's, it's pretty, it's been really awesome revisiting some of that. I don't so. know if our listeners would be up for this, but I could totally do an episode on Gilmore Girls. And I will warn you, the, the last season is probably the weakest. Uh, but I, I've got a lot of love for that show. I think it was a pretty smart show. Oh, um, it's a great it's a great show. I'm enjoying it. I don't know that we should do an episode on this I don't, show. I don't think it's for Super Fantastic Nerd maybe, Hour. Maybe, maybe. We'll do, maybe we'll do a separate <laughs> secret episode on another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Yeah, like reanimated. Like reanimated. Yeah. Um, I only have one honorable mention, and that's Bel Air Academy from The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, Again, I wanted to... uh, to hang out with Will Smith, and as appears to be the theme for Mr. Alima, too, I also wanted to date his cousin. So 
There you go. Um, <laughs> make of that what you will. Um, so that is our top five. Dear listeners, please let us know what are your top five uh favorite fictional TV schools, you can let us know by tweeting at us at NerdHour. You can go to our lovely website, NerdHour.com. And Conrad, I believe there are ways for people to reach you on the internet this week. What are those ways? On those ways, on Reanimated, if you tweeted us, we're Reanimated PCAST on Twitter, and just, or you can check us out at ReanimatedPodcast.com. And I am Die Prince on the Twitters. So that's it for this week anyway. Yeah, and I am um, at Olimatu on Twitter. I am also the science fiction psychologist at BrainDoesBetter.com. And I am uh, I do the psych show, a uh, vlog on YouTube. I forgot the name for a moment um, about all the awesomeness that is psychology. And Conrad, what are we talking about next week? Uh, next week, we have a special guest. Would you like to say who it is? This is going to be my good friend, Lowen Baumgarten, who we have mentioned many times on this show previously. And uh, he's a perfect guy to be joining us for the discussion on House of Cards Season 3. So if you haven't seen it yet, <laughs> binge get binge-watching because we'll be talking about that next week. I am looking forward to this. Oh, man, so much to talk about, Conrad, with that one. Um, And until then, live long and prosper. Indeed.